You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Derek Jeter! This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome on into the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I am your lone host today, Thomas Carinante. Uh, Adam Weinrib is currently on his mini moon. He'll be back on Monday. Uh, the squad will be back hanging out, uh, going back and forth, discussing topics about the Yankees. Uh, I think by then we'll probably have a little bit more to talk about. I'm here to update you on what's going on. Um, it's actually kind of good. It's solo because there isn't a whole lot uh 5 p.m today is when free agents can start signing um and maybe things will get a little bit out of control uh so for now we have some cashman tidbits with the press we have some housekeeping items uh lining up kind of the docket for the off season so we'll take you through all that uh but first please be sure to find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify Wherever you get your podcast, drop us a five-star review. Perfect time to ask us a mailbag question, whether it's there, whether it's reaching out to us on uh, the Yanks Go Yard Twitter account, at Yanks Go Yard FS, whether that's heading on over to YanksGoYard.com to uh, go through all the content we have there, uh, head on over to the comment section, tell us how you feel. Uh, we're going to turn a lot of these into talking points, maybe even some pieces of content. Um, on a lighter note, uh, my wife said, I just did it said I was saying too many uhs and ums last episode. I mean, what do you want me to do? Adam's not here. Adam's more charismatic one. I can't carry a podcast by myself unless I have someone saying some bullshit where I get enraged. So I'm going to do my best to help out the viewers today uh, if there are any out there. First order of business, guys. Uh, the GM meetings are occurring in Las Vegas. We lightly touched on that last episode. <clears throat> Brian Cashman spoke to the media there. Not much promising. Uh, things to kind of go off of. He uh, he talked about how the Yankees hadn't engaged with Judge at that point, uh, hadn't really uh, talked to his agent, I guess, uh, who wasn't there. They didn't know if he was going to appear. They didn't know if um, he was going to be there willing to negotiate or if he was going to take his time. Cashman also talked about giving the qualifying offer to Rizzo and Judge, which – 
someone was saying that on Yankees Twitter was talking about how Rizzo is probably going to accept that. He's absolutely not going to accept that. The reason Anthony Rizzo signed this one-year deal with a player opt-out last year was so he would put himself in better position to earn a multi-year deal uh, this offseason. And he did exactly that. We talked last episode how he tied a career high in home runs. Even with that back injury, I think that limited to 138 games. So he's in a great spot to maybe get maybe the same AAV as the qualifying offer, but he wants two or three years. And it's concerning because you would have hoped the Yankees maybe did that deal last year. If they had confidence, he would be able to play at a high level and make that a reality. But now they're back at square one. They got to take care of judge. They got to resign Rizzo. They need um, a left fielder. They got to figure out shortstop, which we kind of got a little bit of insight into when Cashman spoke to the media the other night. Uh, and then we just have general rumors, some things pertaining to trade targets, some things pertaining to uh, next year's roster outlook. And I think we got to we got to dive into them. So what should we start with here? Cashman, the other night I talked about, uh, he pretty much all but confirmed the Yankees wouldn't be going after a high profile shortstop, which I think we all guessed we got Peraza, who theoretically should be the opening day starting shortstop, uh, assuming IKF gets relegated to utility role, non-tendered, which would save the Yankees around six, seven million dollars, or traded, which I think he has value. He was misutilized with the Yankees as a full-time shortstop. He has a contact first bat. He hits well in clutch situations. He could play all over the diamond. That's where his value comes in. Uh, the Yankees decided to use him as a stopgap shortstop, which was a bad idea. And it all came crashing down at some point, as it always does. He also, Brian Cashman also mentioned that Anthony Volpe is very much in play for 2023. And that absolutely has to be on the docket because read this stat the other day. We're going to have an article go up on the site. But Anthony Volpe, the first player since Fangraphs started tracking minor league statistics and players, first player to ever have 30-plus home runs and 60 stolen bases in a season, if I'm not mistaken. I think that was the stat. Um, either way, if it was 30 and 50, absolutely incredible. Uh, it was 20 and 50, I'm sorry. Anthony Volpe is the only player since Fangraph started tracking minor league stats in 2006 to hit 20 homers and seal 50 bases in a season. That right there tells you the kid's value. He played only 22 games at AAA, which, yeah, sure, maybe he starts the first month of the year at AAA. But then maybe what if he blows everybody out of the water in spring training? Does that kind of force your hand? I think at this point you're going with some iteration of Peraza, Cabrera, Volpe in the middle infield. Um, and then you're either relegate your IKF's not in the starting picture. They keep saying Josh Johnson's the starting third baseman, so I don't really know what to think with that at this point. Maybe that's just the Yankees not showing their hand this early on. Then again, I don't know how you get rid of Josh Donaldson. We talked that we talked about that last episode. Either way, Cashman said specifically that he thinks shortstop 
the middle infield in particular is going to sort itself out, out in spring training. Then last night, I'll get into this quickly before I go back to the rumors. Cashman said that the team was um, engaging and talking with other clubs who have inquired about the Yankees crowded infield. So what does that mean? Oh, it's a lot. So you have Glaber Torres first, right? He was dangled at this year's trade deadline in the Pablo Lopez talks. Those went nowhere um, or they went somewhere. And then the Marlins decided to uh, pull the rug out from underneath everybody at the last second. Kind of explains why the Yankees traded Montgomery. They thought they had something else coming to help them out in the back end of the rotation. It didn't happen. Um, and then you just speak on Glaber in general, right? Solid season. Some would call it good. Unfortunately, with the way that he kind of burst onto the scene in 2018 and 2019, it's still below average uh, for the standards. His bat still kind of leaves a little bit more to be desired. I do like the defense at second base. I will say that. But you could find solid second base defense with maybe better offense or just better energy. I don't know if Glaber Torres has been the energy spark that this team has needed. I think that's been part of the problem. You saw right after the deadline, a lot of Yankees people speculated that he had that insane five to six week downturn where he was statistically the worst player in baseball. And that was connecting the dots because he was mentioned in trade rumors. Uh, various players had talked about how trade rumors weighs trade rumor being involved in trade rumors weighs on a player. And I totally get it, but New York, man, it's different. You can't have that type of thing weigh you down that much in the manner in which he did. You had the transition or shortstop, which was just absolutely abysmal. You had him fighting back with the front office, who was making comments about his uh, him being in shape heading into the summer camp, the year of the pandemic year, um, or them commenting on the fact that he's a better second baseman than a shortstop, which I think is just surface-level truth. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So I don't know. And then you kind of look at his money, right? The Yankees are in a little bit of a they, – they have $210 million committed to the books right now after officially picking up Luis Severino's option – um, Anthony Rizzo officially opted out, by the way. Aaron Judge is a free agent. Judge and Rizzo expecting qualifying offers. Um, that would obviously add more to the docket, but right now we're going with what's exactly guaranteed. Severino's $15 million option picked up. That guarantees $210 million on the books for next year. That complicates what the Yankees can do. Maybe getting rid of Torres is $10 million. He's owed like $9.8 million in arbitration. And putting Volpe and Peraza in the middle infield – Again, I don't know if that's even an option because everybody seems to think that's an option. Don't forget, Volpe never really played second base in the minors. I think he's played like three games, and Peraza's played five career games at second base. So I don't know how that's going to work unless you're having somebody learn an entire new position. It could be a cool idea because they're both young. They both are on the same trajectory to make an impact at the MLB level. I just don't know how. People seem to think it's a lot easier to put somebody in a foreign position, and it just simply isn't. But anyway, you at least have DJ LeMay who could play second base. You have Oswaldo Cabrera who could play second base. Um, I guess in a pinch, if you're keeping IKF, he could play second base. So there's really no need for a, an extra $10 million expenditure on Glaber Torres, especially if there's value for him out there. You can get maybe a reliever in return, a back-end starter, um, even crazier. There was an Otani package pitched by the Athletic, which we'll get into in a second, which included Glaber Torres. But – in looking to the hinting at the trades, Cashman specifically said it had to do with the middle infield, so this could be anybody. You would love the outskirts of this, obviously, to include Josh Donaldson. I don't think it's going to, but um, what does this mean for the future? Does this mean they're going to maybe trade one or two of the prospects and get even better uh, by acquiring all-star caliber talent? Or are they going to get rid of the veterans, such as Glaber, um, such as IKF, such as maybe DJ, which I, I don't think is going to happen. I don't think it's possible, but he plays, he can, he, he plays second base. So it's, it's certainly on the table. Which direction are they going to go in? Shed salary with those players, bring in other guys, use the young guys to allow for that financial flexibility, or do you trade the young guys, get immediately better right now, and then just say, we're going for it in 2023, 2024, 2025. Maybe, I don't know, but they're getting calls. We could be talking about a trade in a few hours. We don't really know. But at this point, if teams are already asking, it's evident that there was already previous interest. And the Yankees, after what had transpired in 2022, understand at this point that they need they need to do something. They need to make a move. This iteration of the roster is not working out. Somehow you trade Joey Gallo and become a 500 team after he was one of the worst players in baseball for you. It's just stuff's not working out here. It doesn't matter if the decision is actually correct or not. Something's going on. There needs to be a shakeup. We don't know what it is. As for the offseason rumors, you have Judge Cashman said last night that they engaged with his agent. What is this? Tim LaCastro elected free agency. Wow, cool. And then 
Yoni Brito and Matt Crook are on the major league roster. Okay. Yankees roster moves. Awesome. Uh, talked about engaging with judge uh, and his agent, which is a good sign. The Yankees have clearly made it known. They want to keep him. We had the report from Heyman that we talked about last episode that the Yankees were willing to top the 36 million AAV on the deal that judge wanted. But we also don't know if that price went up after he had an historic season. It's tough. So that's one. That's that's one in-house one. Anthony Rizzo, I we 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 are under the belief that he wants to come back. Uh, Yankees also want him back, so that's good. Um, that's pretty much what we've been exposed to in-house wise. Outside, Pablo Lopez back on the market. Do the Yankees revisit this? I don't know. I don't know if now they have a sour taste in their mouth based on if the Marlins actually negotiated in bad faith. I don't know if they're now put off by Pablo Lopez's awful second half. He had a tail of two halves last year. First half was incredible. I think he had um, – hang on one sec. I got it right here. He had like a 2.28 ERA in the first half. Let's see. 2.86 ERA, 1.07 whip, 101 strikeouts in 18 starts, totaling 104 innings. Second half – 14 starts, 4.97 ERA, 1.30 whip, 73 strikeouts in 76 innings. So that's a big drop-off. The Marlins at that point reportedly wanted Glaber and Oswald Peraza for Lopez and Miguel Rojas. I think Miguel Rojas actually would have helped the Yankees out a lot um, at that point because of his veteran presence he's more of a true shortstop than really anybody was on the roster at the time of the trade deadline but then you're inheriting more salary i think rojas is making like five million aav and you're giving up two young controllable assets and lopez is a mid-rotation starter uh, this year was actually the first time he's pitched a full season in his career so not exactly tip-top value for what you're about to give up. The Yankees value their young talent highly. They should. I think not pulling the trigger there was probably a smart decision. Uh, you could probably have a different discussion when talking about someone like Luis Castillo, who obviously panned out, dominated for the Marlins. Uh, whatever price you paid for him at that point and then got him to sign that extension for Seattle, uh, in my opinion, is worth it. That's what you make the big trades for. Uh, in the end, the young talent is unproven commodities, so there's no real, there's no real way to judge them outside of you know just being afraid that they might be really good one day and you're going to regret it. Which is, I think, what the Yankees usually they did it with Gary Sanchez, in my opinion. They did it with Clint Frazier. They did it with Miguel Andujar, afraid to let these guys go, trade them elsewhere because they don't want to look like idiots. Uh, big problem we have with the front office, but anyway. Do they revisit these talks? Do the Marlins, does the Marlins asking price go down? Does the market price in general for the pitcher's market allow it to go down based on his performance, based on the, uh, the there's now less, uh, less control. You had him for two and a half years. If you were to acquire him in July, now you have him for two years. Um, you, you had that extra half year is big because you have him for down the stretch postseason run, and then he's geared up for 2023. Now it's a little bit of a different story. In the end, the Marlins need hitters. They need offense. I don't know if they're in exactly a position to play hardball and negotiate and get their exact way because, A, they do have a surplus of pitchers, um, and, two, 
they're about to waste a window with all these pitchers if they don't have the offense to supplement it. So I don't know. Secondly, we got Shohei Otani. Now the Angels say they're not moving him, which I am inclined to believe. I think that there's probably a greater likelihood he gets moved at the the August trade deadline um, in the middle of the 2023 season. But, but I don't think we can rule anything out until opening day arrives, right? Because Otani is making 30 million in his final year of arbitration on this contract with the angels. Then he becomes a free agent. I think the angels still are way away. It's another year under 500, another year wasted. Mike Trout still has, what, 12 postseason at-bats. They have to go through the Astros in the division. Now they have to go through the Mariners in the division, who I think most people would say are objectively better than the Angels, regardless if the Angels are fully healthy or not. Do you trade Otani? You have one year left of him. There were reports that came out that Otani wasn't exactly happy with what happened in Anaheim over the last couple of years and how they massively underachieved. He wants to play at the highest level in the postseason. Um, guy doesn't like losing. Who likes losing? Nobody really does. So I don't know if Otani has the ability to force his hand there. I think the Angels will be smart to act as early as possible. But anyway, the Athletic broke down nine destinations for teams that are best suited to trade for him or contenders who are desperately in need of a player of his caliber. The, the package that was pitched is out of this world, in my opinion. This is out of this world. If I'm the Yankees, I do it right now. I don't really care. It was Glaber Torres, Jason Dominguez, and Oswald Peraza. I don't think there's any question that you don't do that. You don't do if the Angels say, yeah, that's what we want, great. Send them all over. Glaber Torres, obviously, you don't he's expendable at this point. If you have the young talent and if you have someone like DJ LeMay, who you hope to be healthy by opening day and play second base, there's many other there's all I'm saying is that there's ways to replace his production. It's not it's not anything that's going to be completely regrettable if you trade Glaber Torres. Then you have Peraza, who you have a surplus of shortstop prospects. You have Volpe, who I think the organization views higher um, or in higher regard. And you have um, Trey Sweeney and Roderick Arias in the farm system. So I understand Peraza is here and he's ready to contribute and he's ready to make an impact, but – if Shohei Otani, a two-way player who's who can be a co-ace to Garrett Cole and then arguably the best lefty power bat in the league in between Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton, it's a no-brainer. And then you have Jason Dominguez who, yes, finished the year last year on a tremendous note after a Rocky debut. But what do you, what is a Rocky debut? Again, Yankees prospect held in this insane regard. Jason Dominguez compared to Mike Trout before he even made his, his professional debut in the minors. Like, give me a break with this shit. Anyway, he had a great year. He figures to be the long-term center field option for the Yankees uh, probably maybe by next year, I guess, depending on what transpires. Remember, Harrison Bader um, is a free agent. So after this season, so the Yankees are going to – there's inherently going to be a need there. Dominguez would theoretically uh, uh, slide right in. But you have Everson Pereira, who's knocking at the major league door, very productive player. You have Spencer Jones – uh, not a center fielder, but he had an incredible debut. He's tearing the cover off the ball, um, and he's already the Yankees' seventh best prospect after, according to MLB Pipeline, after being drafted uh, this year, a few months ago. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You have Elijah Dunham, who is an absolute tank. And you have, there was one more on here, I thought. Yeah, I don't know who this other guy is. Um, so I can't speak on it. Can't speak on a guy that I don't know. Anthony Hall. So sorry, guys, if I'm not giving you the right info. But I mean, he's number 17 prospect. He's an outfielder. Uh, rookie league, though, so not really realistic. If you're talking about realistic, it's Pereira, um, who made his way, who rocketed his way through the minors. Spencer Jones, who... You know, the Yankees can also shift people over or sign a short-term center fielder, you know, whatever, as as time goes on. Dunham, who can play center field. So I don't know what the process would be, but if you lose Dominguez, it's not the worst thing in the world, especially if you're getting someone like Otani. Now, here comes the question. Are you willing to surrender two club control years of Glaber Torres, which is going to be probably about like 9 to $10 million and then 12 to $14 million, which is still good for his production, um, and then six years of Dominguez and six years of Peraza. Um, I think you do it, regardless of if you win a World Series in 2023 or regardless of if you are able to sign Otani to an extension. Why? Because you're never going to have this opportunity again. And you can't predict what's going to happen. You can't predict you're not going to win. You know, you have Otani who can provide you the highest quality of play in the rotation, which is highly valued. And then look, look what that does. You have Otani in the rotation, right? Garrett Cole slash Otani, Nestor Cortez, Luis Severino, Frankie Montas. That pushes Luis Severino to a game four starter in a seven game series. That's fucking sick. That would be incredible. And then you have him in the lineup, obviously. So you can do any sort of combination of 
Rizzo, Judge, Otani, Stanton, if Rizzo comes back. I don't know who leads off. Maybe it's LeMahieu. Maybe that's still possible. It's in the cards if he recovers from his injury. It's self-explanatory why you do this move is all I'm trying to say. On top of that, the Yankees do have the depth in place at the minor league levels, even at the ma- in the fringe of the major league level, to absorb these losses. So if there's anybody out there doubting giving up that type of young talent for one year of the best player on the planet, I think it's kind of a no-brainer. If you can't make up for losing Jason Dominguez and Oswald Peraza, then I just don't know if you're doing things right from an organizational standpoint. Anyway, that was the proposed trade package. I don't think that would be because then the Dodgers trade package was uh, seven of their 14 top prospects and four of their top five. So in that case, if you're the Yankees, are you giving up Dominguez, Peraza? And here's the equivalent of what it was. It was like two through five. So it was two through six, actually. So it was Dominguez, Peraza, Wells, Pereira, Trey Sweeney. I think Will Warren probably would have been in this, and then it would have been Arias, who's number 11, and then Randy Vasquez, 14. I that No way. They're, I mean, that's crazy. That's You're de- completely depleting the farm system for one year? No. In this case, you're, de- you're depleting – the Yankees would be depleting two of their top five, which is doable, and then somebody on the MLB roster who they can they can – swap in for somebody or swap out for somebody else. So that's a different story. I don't know why the athletic thought that was an offer. I don't know if they're hearing things. I don't know if that's their judgment. I don't know if maybe they're more inclined to trade Otani to the Yankees rather than the crosstown Dodgers. Maybe the asking price for the Dodgers is higher because they don't want to lose out on Otani going there and then maybe signing long-term and then they have to live with it from 25 miles away or whatever the hell it is. So that, that, I guess, could make a little bit of sense. But um, in on the surface, you do that deal. I think it's probably a little bit more expansive than that. But they said he's not going to get traded, so I wouldn't get our hopes up. I would start looking at various other things. So what do the Yankees need right now? They need – they don't need a shortstop, right? You don't need – the top shortstop in the class, these top shortstops. You need someone who can play shortstop. I think Oswald Peraza proved that. I think Anthony Volpe is going to prove that in spring training. You need a first baseman. You'd hope it's Rizzo, but you have Jose Abreu, Josh Bell, Brandon Belt, Yuli Gurriel, and a few others out there. Um, I don't think you're going after Gurriel or Belt. I think Abreu and Bell are certainly possibilities. Um, You don't need a second baseman because you have Torres right now. And then I think there's a world in which you're playing Cabrera slash Braza slash Volpe there, depending on who they want as the long-term shortstop. Just talked about shortstop. Um, You need a third baseman. I don't think they're getting rid of Donaldson. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be able to. And the way that they keep highly talking about his – or speaking highly about his defense, I think that's what – they're inevitably going to stick with. So, and the third base market isn't even the only cool third base option here. That would really, that would really get me going. It would gas me up as if the Dodgers kind of myth, Justin Turner in the contract talks, because he has a club option for 16 million. I don't think they're picking that up. I think they're going to figure out a way to kind of rework it and either defer money or give him another club option for next year or give him the buyout and then some more money. I, you, you know how these things work, but either way, if he feels miffed by that, maybe he comes to New York, but then I don't know how you get rid of Donaldson. You're going to have to eat 20 
it's at least 25 million, depending on how the Yankees uh, uh, situated the money. Nobody else. Yeah. Brandon Drury, maybe, but he was already a Yankee. It didn't work out. Nobody else here is nice. Then you have uh, left fielders, which is crucial. Joey Gallo, let's bring him back. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Benintendi, depending on how much he costs. I think if you're operating on a shoestring budget, right? Because you got to keep Judge. Say in this scenario, you bring back Judge, you bring back Rizzo, and now you're you're strapped for cash. I think you probably go with the Jock Peters and sacrifice a little bit of the defense out there. Uh, we played a full year with Joey Gallo playing left field. Um, he was a mediocre left fielder at best, in my opinion, over the course of his time here. He was supposed to be above average. He wasn't. I'm fine with putting Jock Peterson, a totally average to below average defender out there for the impact he'll make with his bat. It will be an undoubted impact the way that he's proven he can hit in clutch situations, the way he's proven how he has lefty pop. He's going to be able to utilize the short porch. I know we say that so often, but so many players don't utilize it. Jock Peterson, very much a pull hitter has the ability to go oppo too. So this is a, this is a hitter you want in the lineup, a lefty slugger who rises to the occasion who enjoys the postseason, who gives you a little bit of an edge. Sacrifice a little bit of defense for that. That's what the Phillies did with uh, Kyle Schwarber. what the Astros did with Jordan Alvarez. Take a page out of these guys' books. I don't know if anybody else on this list can – no, no one's exciting here. You got Brandon Nimmo. I think you already have your center, center fielder. I don't know if Nimmo would play left on a full-time basis. Did he actually do – we got any Mets fans in here? What did Brandon, Brandon Immo do? I feel like last year he came into his own playing center field really well. He played a damn good center field. He made that catch on national TV against the, uh, against the fucking Dodgers. That was awesome. I don't know. Is he going to be willing to play left? Has he even played left? Let's see. Played 10 games in left last year. Yeah, I don't think that's a true option. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It wasn't even last year. That was uh, 2021. He's not, he's not playing. He's not playing left field. Kevin Kiermeyer never won him on my team. No, no, Odubel Herrera, get the hell out of here. No, 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 no. Everyone, no. Right fielders, Aaron Judge. Hopefully he's coming back. Tyler Naquin, Michael Conforto. Yeah, no, none of this. Yeah, so I think uh, another op potential option could be Michael Brantley. Do we want him at – I think he's going into his age 36 or 7 season. Yankees should have done that three years ago. I don't think we need to talk about that uh, any greater length. So that – I think the Yankees have it spelled out for them. You explore the trade market. You see what can happen. You bring up these young guys. You accustom them to major league action from the start. From the start. This is how you do it. This is what the Astros did with Jeremy Pena. It's what the Braves did. The Braves didn't do it at the onset, but Michael Harris was up early. Vaughn Grissom was up early, and they they played incredibly well down the stretch. They lengthened that lineup almost unlike any other team in the league. You see it elsewhere where teams are just willing to start the service time clock, let's go, let's get the value, let's get you acclimated to major league action so it's not so you're not crapping your pants when you're brought up in September and you're asked to do something that you're not capable of doing. And that's what the Yankees have done far too often. Uh, the best performer of the, of the last few years, honestly, was Oswaldo Cabrera. He was brought up in early August. He was asked to do a lot, played a multitude of positions, he succeeded at them well, I think, because he knew he had a lot of time ahead of him to prove himself. He he was able to connect with his team. He talked about connecting with his teammates, how that was a very important thing to do. So that's what the Yankees need to do. I think in this scenario, you bring up, you either bring up the young guys 
and then you make these small supplementations here and there. Uh, a big a big ask here is going to be the bullpen. I think the rotation is largely settled. Uh, would I would I be angry if we got a Tyler Anderson, a Carlos Rodon, a Nathan Eovaldi, Chris Bassett? No, that'd be pretty cool. Justin Verlander opted out of his contract today. Who knows? Do I want that? Not necessarily. I think the Yankees have much greater needs in the starting rotation. Uh, I don't think Clayton Kershaw or Jacob deGrom are coming here. Would be cool. I'd take either of them. I like them both very much. Tyone return, I think we're all on board for that. I don't know if there's anybody else here that is exactly appealing. Not really. No, you go down the list. No, absolutely not. Then you have then you have the the bullpen. You have your supposed closer in Clay Holmes, I guess. Do we? Depends how next year starts. But you have uh, Edwin Diaz is off the market, signed the record deal with the Mets. You have Craig Kimbrell, absolutely not. Kenley Jansen, one of the best closers of all time, whether you think so or not. Taylor Rogers, who I think can lengthen the bullpen. Michael Fulmer, who can lengthen the bullpen. Andrew Chafin, who can lengthen the bullpen. Chris Martin's not a free agent. Why is he on here? What are you doing, MLB.com? That's incorrect. Adam Adovino, do you bring him back? Absolutely not. Matt Moore had a nice year with the Rangers. That could be a guy to lengthen the bullpen. Jake McGee, solid reliever. I know he's going into age 36 season, but he's pretty damn good. Dave Robertson, also old, but proved this year that he could still he could still do it. Seth Lugo's a free agent. There's a lot of options out there. I know Brian Cashman likes to do a lot of his work on the trade market for relievers, but <clears throat> you got guys here that can bridge the gap to the ninth inning, and the Yankees need that. So that's pretty much most of the rumblings we've heard thus far. I'm not sure <coughs> Excuse me, if there's really anything else here that's that we can deduce off the top of our head um, or that we even want to start – speculating upon because I just want this to play out. I don't want to start getting into the, into the, you know, the classic Yankee fan mode where it's like, Oh, here, here's, I, I did do a dream opening day lineup. So don't, don't get on my case for being a hypocrite here, but that's fun. That's a fun thing. I don't want to start being the guy on Twitter. Who's like, here's what the opening day lineup should look like. And it's, it's the, it's the AL all-star team and uh, the six best uh, starting pitchers in the NL. Uh, I'm sick of seeing that on Twitter. Fans just don't understand. They, they don't understand anything. And most fan zone, I should say. So I don't, I don't really want to get into that, but yeah, that's kind of what we're looking at right now. You got judge stuff. You got Pablo Lopez stuff. You got Shohei Otani stuff, all undefined, all surface level, all, Hey, whatever happens kind of interested. Let's, let's keep our ear to the ground here. You have Cashman talking about trades, people interested in the middle infield. I don't know what that looks like. I would suspect there's interest in Glaber Torres. I don't know if there's interest in IKF especially with his rising price and arbitration. There's no doubt interest in their prospects, but I don't know why in the world they would want to get rid of them unless the return is exactly what Brian Cashman wants, and that's usually what he's searching for in these types of deals. So it's going to be a tough sell for him. We did have one incident yesterday, though, on Twitter, because Elon Musk, Jesus Christ, man, what is this guy doing? I thought he was like a businessman entrepreneur who kind of knew how knew the ropes, like knew how to control the narrative and understand what's what, especially with large groups of people. Um, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought this leadership, I mean, I didn't, 
I was expecting the leadership to not be this bad. I was expecting it to be fairly bad because this is a billionaire who's just using this platform as his own fucking playground. But this verification thing has taken everything. It, it's fucking flipped everything upside down. Now you can get a check mark if you want to pay $8 per month. And the problem with this is because we've already had enough average fans in the past. have already had enough trouble scouring Twitter, deciphering who's real, who's not, who's the parody account, who's not. And sometimes they screw you. You get the Ken Rosenthal in there. You get the Jeff Passan. Um, and you're so excited waiting for news. You see one of those, you're like, oh, oh my God, it's happening. And then you're, and then you're an asshole. So it was hard enough before this. Now you can have people taking people's names, buying the checkmark for the $8 a month. And look, they, Twitter is suspending these accounts that are wrong. So in this instance, it was directly related to Yankees world. Aroldis Chapman doesn't own his name on Twitter. His handle is Chapman underscore 105, as if he still throws 105 miles an hour anymore. That hasn't happened in five years, dude. Someone took Aroldis Chapman's full name as the at on the handle, made an Aroldis Chapman name on the Twitter account, same picture as Chapman's Twitter, and then announced in Spanish, in a tweet in Spanish with a Yankees photo, that he's returning for three years. So came from the, obviously, if you didn't look at the handle to know that Aroldis Chapman's Twitter handle is Chapman underscore 105, you would think it's just his full name because that's usually what players do. This isn't a fucking AOL chat room anymore. Uh, you thought he actually re-signed for a second. I didn't. Other people did. But what are you doing when you're, like I said, you're just scrolling Twitter, you're looking around, and then you see an official tweet from him. And it was a two-part tweet, so the top was in Spanish, and then the second half was in uh, English because he translated the, the, the person translated it for, the, for, the, for other people to read it. And everyone was shitting their pants because it was like, no, they, they didn't just do this. They didn't. And would you put it past, past the Yankees to do this? They traded for him under domestic violence allegations, which was troubling enough. They traded him that at that deadline, got a great return with Glaber Torres. Um, and I think I forgot who else was in that deal, uh, but it was a few other people. And then they re-signed him that offseason to a record deal. It was like $86 million for a closer which was just insane money to give somebody who's pitching. I, I look, I love Edwin Diaz. I don't fault the Mets for giving that. I just don't, I can't, I, as an older, I wouldn't be able to stomach giving out that money for a guy who pitches one inning, pitches 70 innings a year. It's crazy. Starters already get paid. The starters playing 30 games a year. If they're healthy, 30, 32, if you're lucky 34 and they're the highest paid at 40 plus million a year, the best ones to give a closer 20 million a year. Absolutely nuts. And then they bring back Chapman after he blows the 2019 ALCS because they're worried about the closer market that year if he was going to. So he said he was going to opt out of his contract. If they didn't give him an extension. They were worried about him opting out. So they gave him the extension. And then that's why we've had him until present day. And this was not fair. You know why this was not fair? And I'm not that big of a baby. I'm kind of a baby. But this was not fair because the oldest Chapman's tenure with the Yankees died already. It died. We had the closure. We knew he was gone. We knew he was never coming back. When he decided to uh, leave the team hanging because he refused to show up for the mandatory workout unless he was assured he would get a postseason roster spot. Aaron Boone couldn't assure him the postseason roster spot. Chapman said he didn't want to partake in the workout. Yankees told him to stay in Florida. Great. Goodbye. Career over. And guess what? If he ended up showing up for the workout, uh, he would have made – 
the postseason roster because Scott Efrost was then diagnosed with uh, a torn UCL and needed Tommy John surgery. So that's why you show up for your teammates, people. For all the for all the young listeners out there, little league listeners, doesn't matter if you're the last guy on the bench. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you think you deserve a spot over somebody else. Doesn't doesn't matter if you think you deserve more playing time over somebody else. The opportunity is always going to be there, and if the opportunity is right and it's meant to be, you'll get it. Roldis Chapman clearly is not a spiritual thinker, so he thought something was. Uh, he thought he was entitled to something that he very clearly wasn't because he's been one of the worst relievers in the sport for two years, at least high leverage relievers in the sport for two years. Uh, and then you look at it and you're like, the, the Yankees could absolutely do this. They brought him back under some of the most toxic situations ever. Domestic violence allegations, him blowing, nearly blowing game seven of the World Series, and then him blowing game six of the ALCS and walking off the mound smiling. So why would the Yankees stop now? When he ditched the team, that's that's going to do it. You're he's he's screwed. He's either brought bad press to the team, or he screwed you over, or he's given you an evident reason to not resign him because of his ability to play on the field. And then you're going to draw the line because he wanted a postseason roster spot, and you weren't willing to give it to him. So yeah, it was. It wouldn't have been shocking if that was actually true. And that's why this is fucked up because we were ready to get these fans were ready to get beyond it. They did not need to be hit with this this in the beginning of the offseason when this is supposed to, once again, it's probably not going to be, don't get me wrong. It's supposed to have new uh, a new vibe to it, a new uh, feeling of promise. It's not going to because we know that the Yankees are limited in what they can do, but we need, we need a departure from that. We need a departure from the toxicity, from the dead weight, from all the players who are not delivering. That cannot return, and Chapman returning would have exactly done that, and that – is my rant about Twitter. They need to fix this. This is idiotic. Why are there's like baseball trolls who I follow and, or I don't follow, but like show up in my algorithm because again, what is the Twitter algorithm doing? Why do I get Red Sox shit? Cause I talk shit about the Red Sox one time. Why do I see the, the bowels of Yankees Twitter? Because I talked about Josh Donaldson sucking one time, like fix this dude. Some of these people that are verified. I don't, and, and now it's going to screw things up. Someone was talking about Joey Gallo, Someone got verified and then was like, oh, Joey Gallows and talks to return to the Yankees. Another stupid one. Stop doing this. There needs to be some sort of buffer or we just need to do away with this. Twitter needs to verify people. And then if Elon Musk wants them to pay the price, I guess pay the price after you get verified. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. The solution is not this. The solution is not giving anybody the ability to get verified because then it clouds the boundaries of identity and where you're getting the right information and how you're digesting that information. So um, that's it. We're going to end on that note. We still have the GM meetings right now. Um, I actually don't know when they go until, so uh, we're going to have to wait there uh, and, fa- and, and see. But I think it's maybe another day or two. Either way, players can start signing at 5 p.m. today, so we'll see what happens. I don't think any of the big-name guys are going to sign unless – uh, it's probably like a Rangers situation where they're going to give out a gigantic, like they did last year with Corey Seager. They kind of just gave him the biggest contract possible. And he said, yeah, well, we'll do it. Why not? I think maybe teams can sway guys like, you know, Carlos Rodon or Jacob deGrom or maybe even a Trey Turner with a big deal early on for a spot, a destination that they want to go to. And that could seal the deal. But I think judge, is going to be a little bit more of a nuanced situation. I think someone like Carlos Correa is going to take a little bit longer. Uh, I even think Dansby Swanson 
is going to take a little bit longer. Xander Bogarts' situation is going to play out longer. Justin Verlander, I think, is going to take his time. So we'll see what happens, but we're going to have all the Yankees news ready for you. Teed up, baby. That's it for this week's edition or uh, Thursday's edition of the Yankees OER podcast. Last, uh, last episode of the week, last episode with just me. So I hope you enjoyed your time with me. Adam will be back on Monday. Uh, don't forget, folks, be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Review, put it in if you want. If you if you want to, it's either five stars or you're just not writing a review. We've already talked about this. We've established the boundaries here. Um, talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We have the check mark and we're real. Uh, we might not have insider information, but we're relaying that information as best we can. Um, and head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Plenty of content there for you. I got some things coming up uh, tonight, tomorrow morning that will be fun reads. Um, and until then, enjoy your weekend. Look out for signings. Look out for us. Talk to us. We'll have some fun. And we'll talk to you on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern, live right here. See you, everybody.